0: Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Em McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we are joined by Councillor James Goff, who is a councillor at Christchurch City Council. And within the next couple of shows, we're going to be talking about some of the projects at Christchurch City Council and also some of the principles that anybody from around the country can take when thinking about council projects. It's going to be very, very fascinating. Welcome to the show, James.
1: G'day. How are you? We're good, doing fantastic.
0: Good, good. Now, first of all, let's talk about the Christchurch City Central Action Plan. Now, this is something we've talked about on the show in the past and some of the projects in there. But first of all, we want to get in a bit of an update and here. How is it going? So for people who are just tuning in or are new to the show, what is that action plan and, and what's happening in Christchurch City?
1: Yeah, so there's a number of parts from it, and the, the one you're probably interested in more than others will be the 8011 project, which falls under the Central City Action Plan, and that's the residential component for it, because people living in a central city is so important. Any city that functions, even broadly speaking as a city, you have to have a strong heart, and Project 8011 is the residential component. It's named that one reason is because that's the postcode for a lot of the central city living, and the other one is that's about the number of households that we'll need to get 20,000 people living inside Christchurch's central city. By
0: 2028. Quite a coincidence. And my understanding as well, Councillor James, is that currently we're about a third of that 20,000. We're at about something around the 7,000 mark. So, first of all, talk to us why is it a goal to increase it to 20,000 and what impact do you think that's going to have on? the households here, the rents, some of the things like that for people listening?
1: So critical mass is so important and one thing that I've learned in my time at council is that there's no silver bullet for anything. It's like the legs of a chair, the recovery. You know, one thing in isolation is not going to do it. You need culture to a city, you need sporting events, you need an economy, you need everything. You know, it needs to be safe, it needs to be desirable and no one thing. Infrastructure, we're not going to be the greatest city in the world just because we have the best flushing toilets in the southern hemisphere. (laughs) So you have to have a whole range of components and I think if I could single out one thing that will make the biggest difference, it's actually population, it's critical mass. So many problems are solved as a result of that, and there is a trickle-down effect that's really wide-reaching. I'm the first person to say that there's no silver bullet, but critical mass is a huge component. So that's why I think the Project 8011 is so important, because that really focuses around boosting the population inside those four avenues. And in Christchurch Central City, geographically, we have four avs that make the boundary for the CBD, or Central City, which is probably a better term.
2: And when you think about places like Rollison, for example, the town of the future for the last 30 years has finally become the town of the future, (laughs) or Hobsonville in Auckland, when you have that quick population growth, all of a sudden businesses have a reason to be there because, right. like you say, there's, there's the mass of people, so it actually becomes affordable to run a cafe there or a restaurant yeah. there, put a you know a hotel there, put a BP there, all the rest of the things totally. that then bring jobs.
1: Yep, that coffee shop you know that, that's on the corner, you put 30 households up above or on the same block, all of a sudden they employ that other staff member that they're umming and ahhing about. Then all of a sudden the vacant shop... Then goes because there's a new retailer that's there. Then you have a Sephora or a Louis Vuitton or an international company which wants to come to Christchurch because the footfall's there and it starts to make economic sense. Even on the away from the economics of it, there's also the safety side of it. You know, more yes. pairs of eyes and all that sort of stuff. So on so many levels, critical mass is huge. So that's why I think I'm a big believer in this project, and I think boosting the inner city population is critical for Christchurch's future.
0: Now we got very excited when we first found out about this project because we saw that with that population growth, A, there's going to be a number of additional residential housing units that are going to need to be built. But also, if we have higher population, we would expect there to be some increase in the demand for rentals, and we might see rents increase. We may also see some increase in capital growth if the central city is going to be seen as more desirable. But then when we went and talked to some of the council staff to find out and get a bit of an update about this, we came away with the understanding that it was a bit delayed and perhaps less was happening than was being announced. How do you tell the difference, as a regular mum and dad listening to the show looking at council updates, how do you know the difference between what's an announcement and what's actually happening that's going to impact me and my property?
1: The Central City Action Plan is essentially a high-level strategy. It's a roadmap, and that's what I like about it, because there's so many airy-fairy things out there in council land, but this has got tangibles (laughs) in there. There's real tangibles that say council will support X, they will support Y, and here are the timeframes around it. Some of those things have been done. Some of those things, they actually label it quite, I think it's quite optimistic, but they say need support. And currently, the wider project, Project 8011, is labeled as needing some support. I think that's probably being a bit kind. I think it needs a real boot up the backside (laughs) because we've got the tools there. You know, we have the newest city in the world. We've got so much intellectual property in our own backyard, committed investors, committed young people that really just want half an excuse to stay here. So I think it's right there for the taking. And council, to be fair, has done some good stuff, but I don't think that job's remotely done yet. It needs a boot up the backside and a bit of a bash against the wall and say, you've got a really good strategy there. It's called the Central City Action Plan. The residential component, Project 8011, has got a whole lot of good stuff in it. Plus, it's been universally bought into as well, from the community and the community groups all the way through to the Chamber of Commerce. So it hasn't discriminated. It's got buy-in, but you just need to action it. And some of those are incentives. Some of those are as mundane as parking and being able to compete with the malls. But then you've got to put your money where your mouth is and for instance last week I lost a vote where I tried to extend the free parking 1 hour free parking in the council car park buildings but by majority majority rules and I was on the wrong side of the ledger with it and I think that was straight out dumb mm. you know even before the covid lens you know so the main industries being affected by covid are obviously um, retail Yeah, exactly. Accommodation, retail, hospitality. And you've got two of those which will benefit directly from having a one-hour free car park right beside them, which is hospo and retail. So I thought that even before COVID that this was a no-brainer. It's inside the Central City Action Plan. It's inside the Project 8011 papers. So it just needs to have that political support. So unfortunately, I actually think that council... And it's not just Christchurch, but council has a real part to play in people's lives and they can be make or break. And sometimes I find it a bit sad, and I would say this being a city councillor, but when people aren't as engaged and don't care so much about it, I think, well, you should because it really affects your life and it affects your future. Mm. So, look, there wasn't the political willpower. If people are sitting here and they think, well, that's crazy, we should have first-hour free parking, it was right there, it cost next to nothing in the grand scheme of things, and it will bring in people. Well, hold your councillors to account.
2: What was the rationale of the people that were voting against?
1: There were a range of arguments, but some thought the main one that they recycled was that there wasn't a huge increase in the number of vehicles that went in there since that initiative was in place. But I would say that, that that's not, I think it's about the signal that it also sends yeah. as well, which is so important because perception becomes reality. But you only need to look at any number of the documents that exist. Collier's have done one, Jones Lane Cell have done another one, where the barriers for central city investment, one that continually appears there is parking, the availability of it, and the price of it. So you've got low hanging fruit to be be able to say first hour free parking personally I actually think that it should be two hours free parking in every single car park building in Christchurch yes. and the way we could do that as a council is have our heads of agreement or an MOU with them and we say you give away two hours free parking and we'll remit that same amount off your rates bill Um, and you could say that that's corporate welfare and people that don't like me would probably suggest that that's what it is but I would say there's a trickle down effect which would be incredibly beneficial to everyone else because what would happen is capital values increase the critical mass increases because you've got people coming in all of a sudden you've removed the argument that oh well I can park at the mall for two hours for free you can say well you can too in the central city so as a result of that the shops are busier the rents increase Increase, the capital values increase, people enjoy coming there more and then high rate take for the council which means that the rating pressure is actually alleviated off Joe Ratepayer who lives in Waltham.
0: Yes, we always love a good rent increase as well. Now, I think one of the things that this really highlights, Councillor James, Mm. is that one councillor might be talking about something in the papers or suggesting something should happen or they'd like something to happen, even if it's in their own ward area. I was going to say electorate, but you don't have those in councils. But there is a big difference between what one councillor is saying or a group of councillors are saying and what actually gets decided at council where you've got to have that majority around the governing body. And in many cases, you might see the mayor, say they want xyz to happen but they're just one person sitting around a table they're not a ceo they're a chairman of a board or an executive Mm -hmm. chairman of a board where they're one voice around the table
1: And consensus building is not uncommon around a board table in the private sector. Council, it can be a lot more tribal than that, where people have got opposing views, and at the end of the day, the rubber hits the road, and it goes to a vote, and you either win it or you lose it. I'm pretty familiar with losing a few of those, because (laughs) I'm on the wrong side of the fence quite a lot of the time. I guess I probably bring more of a commercial background, and private sector is kind of my home natural place, others not so much. Not to say that they're wrong or they don't add value, because they do, but we often see things from a different perspective.
2: Tell us about some of the projects that you're excited about in the the city, Christchurch.
1: Well, look, an obvious one, and something that I've been quite busy with, is the Canterbury multi-use arena. So that's a closed-roof stadium right in the heart of the central city. Now, that's going to be fantastic. That's amazing. Here's a sad fact. The three busiest days Christchurch International Airport has ever had in their history have been three days that there are, have been concerts elsewhere in New Zealand. We're in Dunedin
0: or, uh, or something like that. Auckland,
1: Dunedin. Yeah. So that's really, there are actually two of them have been Auckland ones. I think Adele was one of the concerts and there was another one. But th- the point is that's quite a sad indictment on Christchurch yes. our busiest days at the airport are when people want to bugger off. So the closed roof stadium and I get annoyed when people say oh well you know no one cares about watching some people kick a rugby ball around or it's not actually about rugby it's the catalyst effect that it provides for businesses and that critical mass that Absolutely. we were talking about earlier and also the concerts, it's ultimately a community facility that will derive huge value for Christchurch so that's set to be completed in 2024 and we're currently putting together the project delivery board with the greatest of respect to council, I'm actually quite keen on getting it as far away from council as possible, (laughs) get it far away from the crown get it far away from council, get people who, who do this day in, day out, who build these projects, they're shrewd, they're cynical and we want to build but also highly capable, so we're putting together a project delivery board, we have the chair, Murray Strong who is incredibly good with a great reputation? In fact, he chaired the project delivery or steering group for the Metro Bus Interchange, which was on time and on budget. So, putting together the independence and as a fully independent board, I've been on the selection panel for that and have sat through countless interviews but we're ready to get that signed off and announced this week so that's really positive can't happen soon enough as far as I'm concerned it should have been done by now but it's not so I'm not going to sit here and moan about what hasn't happened we have got a really exciting opportunity in front of us and it is happening so that closed roof multi-use arena in the heart of Christchurch is going to be one of the final pieces of the puzzle
2: and by then we'll be out of lockdown, so we'll be able to use it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think the
0: bang takeaway for property investors listening to the show or potential yes. property investors, is that council can do big things, but very, very slowly in some cases. Mm-hmm. And if that multi-use arena is built or when it gets built, that is going to potentially have a major impact on all of the properties around there. They can become Without Airbnbs out. if they are zoned correctly. They'll be able to potentially increase their rents. So there'll be a lot of workers coming into the city, which is going to, again, these people are going to need somewhere to live while they're here going to increase rents, going to have a major impact on capital growth because we're not just going to have a big empty plot in the middle of Christchurch, it'll actually be used. And and so monitoring these and being aware of them is very important. But as a property investor, you've also got to sort out, well, what is the noise Mm -hmm. you know, and what's actually going to happen? I think that's where digging into it and doing a bit more due diligence is probably necessary for a lot of property investors.
1: So there have been a lot of those projects within the 8011 project itself, which require that political impetus and you know, parking being one which then didn't go ahead because, you know, obviously some other councillors prefer bikes and buses and everything like that. My view is public transport, great, incentivise active transport, but it can't be at the direct expense of how 90% of people get around today. Yes, 100% agree. You've agreeing. got to keep these businesses going as well because it's all well and good to have these cycle lanes and public spaces and walkways that look beautiful. And I like them, don't get me wrong, but you're going to have them going nowhere. When otherwise. did you bike
2: to work last year?
1: It's my choice to drive my <laughs> motor vehicle. Fantastic. And, and, and the thing is, though, I don't think... You should stick up for the poor old motorist. I don't think I need to make an apology for it no, as well. you know. No. And and, and given, that
2: I, given that I live and work within two blocks of each other and drive every day, I guess
0: I can't really talk myself.
1: I, I, I used to drive to the gym, which was literally one block away. Yeah, and Fantastic. I, and and let's <laughs>
0: wrap it up there. But please don't forget to hit rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, why not come along to one of our live events? These are happening in Auckland. They're happening in Christchurch and in Wellington mid-September. And I'm going to drop a link to the, where you can sign up in the show notes so, temple swipe over the cover art, it'll take you right there. Or just go to opuspartners.co.nz/slash pod event. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Emmett Knight. And I'm Adrian. Nichols. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most
1: out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.